AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, it's Tori. And Anissa. And this is MTV's official challenge podcast. Today we have a great episode for you. We are joined by one of our favorite challengers. He's a challenge all-star. Kahuta Grindstaff is on the podcast today. Yes! And we talked to him about life on the farm, his experiences on All-Stars 2, and his favorite moments that weren't shown. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Kahuta. Today we have a very interesting, charming, and very funny Southern man from real world (laughs) Sydney. He was on the island, the ruins, free agents, battle of the bloodlines, and all stars too. Please welcome Kahuta Grindstaff. Can you go? Tori got it. I had somebody had to do it. <laughs> okay, I, we can't be perfect at everything. Hey guys, how are you, Kahuta? I'm good. I can't complain one bit. Um, it's been a cold winter this year, and I know you guys can't see because this is an audio only interview. But if you could see, <laughs> you would understand what I mean by it's been a cold winter. So I'm kind of sitting here in my truck at work, watching the rest of the guys work in a freezing cold chit-chatting with you fine folks so is that safe to say it's safe to say that that's what you do on the off season so between challenges you just watch the guys at work no all i do is all i do is work wow crazy (laughs) i'm one i'm unfortunately one of those people that the the things i enjoy doing the most make the least amount of money Mm -hmm. so it's like it's like a a champion uh blue collar activities god (laughs) You mentioned that on All Stars 2, you mentioned that you live on a farm. I mean, like, I live in a city. Anissa lives in a city. Talk to us about what it's like to live on a farm and have a completely um, different lifestyle than this. the host of this podcast. Um, so we live, and I live with my girlfriend, Caitlin, on a, it's like a third-generation sheep farm in Paradise Valley, Montana. So I'm about 30 miles north of the Roosevelt Arch, like the North Gate at Yellowstone Park. Um, so it's a beautiful place. It's right, I was telling Nisa, it's exactly the place that John Dutton lives in on the show Yellowstone, like it's supposed to be about oh, wow. this valley. 
this valley's not near that dramatic as his valley is. <laughs> like that shit just doesn't happen around here. You know, the sheep gets right. out or something like mm-hmm. that. Things are a little crazy, but no high speed chases and helicopter chases and things like that. So Do you actually have sheep? We do. We have about which we lost to it was either a coyote or a mountain lion got like seven of them this year. So we all oh, just go no. out there. And we got a couple of the culprits, but we're probably down to, it, I live on, so this family farm, which the lady that run pretty much runs, I could, there's no way I could do the whole farm. And, you know, as far as general contract and what I do, it's just impossible. So I kind of like, I get to, we live on this farm, kind of this compound ranch but I don't necessarily have to do all the farming. So it's almost like I'm a half mm-hmm. farmer, half like petter. Interesting. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. Aww. Nice. We probably got 60 something sheep left right now, but last lambing season, last April or May, I think we lambed off 72 babies. I don't know what lambing season means. Well, that's, um... when, that's when the lambs come out of the sheep. When they arrived. Oh, when they're birthed. Oh, okay. I got nervous yeah. that there was like a big slaughter and you're yeah. like, it's lambing season. No, it's wild. <laughs> I'm very nervous. Oh, that's it's so wild. cute. Lambs are like, I've had like a crash course because lambs, they're not really like cows. Sheep are. A lot of sheep, like if we've bred them to the point that if it wasn't for people, they would just lose a lot of the lambs. So it's a very hands-on, like you have to pretty much probably 60 65 percent at least of the lambs have to be like delivered like like a like a midwife or something in there yeah for lambs (laughs) it is all all may and june my house looks like a I look, it looks like a precious moments Bible or something. It's just like, Shut oh, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Running All right, well, it's anyway. safe to say, it's safe to say that like a typical day in the off season in May and June is dealing with lambs and yeah. lamb sheep placenta. Yeah. But on the other days, what are you doing and how do you train for the challenge and all stars while you're out there? Is it different than training for like, perhaps when you went on the ruins or the Island or something like that? Um, so it's rough training for me is, uh, cause I, so I run, I'm kind of like a, I'm trying to think of a way to put it like a boutique, I guess, general contractor. So I don't have 25 cookie cutter houses going at the same time that I make rounds to every day or something. I try to build, we build one project wow. at a time and while one's going, I'll have another one started. So I'm kind of, I'm on the job every day in a tool belt with a small crew. You know, I have a very interesting uh, Phoenix, it works for me as a professional chef for years. And just, I guess they just get tired of not using their hands like actual work work. Lene that works for me, she's a contemporary modern art gallery curator. Like I have a musicians and I've just been blessed to do really creative projects as far as construction goes with very creative people kind of on my team. Um, so great conversation it's good people to be around it's not your typical job site you know whatsoever but that being said to train for a show it's just it's hard for me because i have to get up and then drive to town to the gym at five Mm. in the morning and then work out and then drive back and then work for nine hours in the 40 degree Mm -hmm. wind you know with a tool belt and 
so I kind of in between what I do for a living and and the extracurricular activities that I do when I'm not working, I always stay in not hundred percent shape, but I'm always, you know, get off the couch in six or seven miles kind of shape. Um, right. And that's Hey, Tori, want to get off the couch and go run seven miles? Jeez. Our house is at yeah, like I... 5,200 feet or something like that. So the elevation. Uh, yeah. So, um, so you mm. kind of get acclimated to live a mile above sea level. Right. And then yeah. as far as, you know, the hunts and stuff and the backcountry trips will go from 5,000 to 11,000 or something like that. So you get, your lungs get acclimated to where once I get to sea level, I'm just like, I mean, it's like you got vacuum cleaner lungs or something. It just feels like you're just getting so much air, you know? So you're telling us we need to go up and live on a hill for a a hill, a mountain for a while. See, I want to live off the, let's go, Tori. One cabin, you and I, we're going to go up there. Kahuta, you can um, send us information via our like little emergency satellite phone yeah. and let yeah. us know what to do every day. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. I always think that like, I always think that people who have farm experience or have like lived in a rural place have, I just, this could be wrong, but everybody who I've ever met who's come from a place like that dominates the challenge. This, this like ability to be able to like work with your hands and like process issues and like challenges, I guess to say that you probably process on the farm the way that you do, I think directly does translate to making you a good competitor on the challenge. At least I've seen it with a few people. Yeah. Um, tell me what that's like introducing that farm experience onto the challenge. Uh, I'm trying to think my biggest problem with, with the challenges is like, I'm trying to think of a way that this is not going to just sound horrible, but the problem I get along best with children under five and elderly people over like 65 or 70. So the people, (laughs) most of the people in between, probably like 70% of the people I meet kind of annoy me in some fashion. So that's my heart. Not, I'm not saying that all the people on the challenge annoy me. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm great friends with those folks and stuff like that, but it does get to be a bit of a, you're constantly getting talked over the squeakiest wheel gets the grease kind of thing, you know? Mm, and so my biggest yeah. hurdle with it is just not, uh, not just constantly hacking on people for being whiny or not just, yeah. like, shut up. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> shut up. Like, why are you talking? You know, don't, so they don't have onions on it. The cater didn't put onions on something. It's okay. You can live without the onions on your, on your sandwich <laughs> or something like that. You know? As far as actual farm, I guess I've cursed with a bit of overconfidence, probably, to be, mm. you know, I've, every show I've ever done, I'm always the smallest guy on the show, but I don't, I don't, I've, we've never really did anything on there that I felt like was just over daunting or something like that. Like I've never mm-hmm. felt, never felt any in the least bit any kind of like intimidated by any of the things or i'm very comfortable with heights after being you know we work heights constantly all my life you know so you get get accustomed to not falling you know so heights heights don't really bother me a whole whole bunch you know some of those challenges have been pretty tough you know certain things like you know who was were you there uh nisa when they made us do the hot dog thing on the beach was that 
Yeah, that was free agents. When we had to roll around. Stuff like that. Sausage When you you saran wrap wrap somebody where they can't move. Stuff like that's annoying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're pretty coordinated and... I think and I think pretty fearless and I think that goes a long way sometimes the bigger guys fit I mean Zach on that was awful like he was so paranoid being trapped in that saran wrap he was basically yeah. like cursing everybody out to yeah. get him out of that I feel like mm-hmm. it it definitely you know plays to your advantage to be lighter on your feet when it comes to like jumping or moving through things or doing certain yeah. things being agile yeah. you know and then you know being a fan of lavender oil and you can play guitar. <laughs> there are a lot of things about you that I'm definitely that I've right. definitely been beat by the bigger guys on the show, right. but in my mind going into it, that just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Do you think about the challenge at all during the off season? Is it something that you put in the back of your mind or is it sometimes like it peeks through? I think that it gets me like I really, really wanted to do um, All-Stars 1. Once I got my head wrapped around the location and the way the weather was at that point in time and all that. All-Stars 1, if I could have got to the point in All-Stars 1 to run the final, they would have had hell for sure. I mean, I've, yeah, I, I, would have, I was very, very confident with that. Because the altitude, the elevation, the temperatures, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, it, just, it was way more. That All-Stars 2, you walked outside. If you walked outside after 7.30 a.m., you couldn't breathe. Like, it was mm-hmm. Yucatan Peninsula, August Mm-hmm. like sounds awful the air was just the pool was always like hot bath i mean it was just ridiculously hot and humid and muggy you know and coming yeah. from a place that's zero humidity you know it's like gets you know in august here it still gets down to 50 at night or something like that you know or you know still mm-hmm. gets kind of cool it was just a definite game changer as far as the weather but i think that was for everybody everybody was suffering struggling yeah so if you compare all-stars two final all-stars one final and we're comparing you know patagonia mountain weather Mm -hmm. which got down to like 28 i mean it was really Mm -hmm. really cold up on that mountain yeah um, versus the sweltering heat do you think you would have done better in the first one 
Oh, for a hundred percent. Yeah. I just think that yeah. people try to train with these masks that like inhibit how much oxygen you can breathe. And <laughs> all that does is really give you a shitty workout. Like you can't train for, yeah. for, you can't train for low oxygen levels an hour a day for six weeks and acclimate your lungs to be in 9,000 feet. Right. It's just not the mm-hmm. way your body biologically works. So from living yeah. here and you know, the, we, me and my buddy stay, it's kind of like a playground out here for us so that so my house is right there and then the absaroka beartooth wilderness borders the back of the house and it's like 980 something thousand acres or something like that you know it's just this massive swath of nine to eleven thousand foot peak you know mountains and so we just living here you just go from you know, trout season to bow season to rifle season, and then we, and then it's shed hunting season, and you look for antlers pretty much up to trout season to bow season. To it. So there's just all kinds of time to do all this stuff, way like alpine tree, you know, tree line level stuff. So it just wonders what it does for your lungs, like yeah, right at that elevation. Which you know, for the All Stars one oh, final, when you get up nine thousand feet, you can tell it. Well, when we were getting up to the top of the mountain and I'm like, why am I dizzy? I was seeing colors. Yeah. I almost fell off the, yeah. I mean, we were on, there was no safety. So like if you, mm-hmm. it was like a horse trail. So it was really narrow, but yeah. it slowly went up until it went like spiral, like mm-hmm. up to the top where you were crawling. Like switchbacks. Yeah. And I was yeah. just mm-hmm. like, where the fuck? Like, why are the colors so vibrant? But I also have like a little bit of vertigo from this mountain and I also feel like I'm gonna pass yeah. out. It was yeah. the craziest thing because I felt like I had the energy, you know. It, but it really does take a lot you know out of you. And we froze all night. I mean, we were in frosty sleeping bags, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, with not the right kind of gear on. It looked rough, and like I definitely think looking at both, like I've done two different finals. One comparative to like that jungle, really hot, uh, humidity, like not really mountainous looking talking about all-stars too and then i also did my first final which was dirty 30 which was in argentina and it was fourteen thousand feet elevation Mm -hmm. and it's a game changer even though you're not running as long as you are in like the like let's say in all-stars too i mean the even the crew was so hurt from running up and down these hills with us that we all had to, to eat cocoa leaves do you know what they are cocoa leaves you like yeah cocoa leaves you literally munch on the leaves the cocoa leaves and you have to like let the the liquid, the saliva drain into your your body so that way you yeah. can allow more oxygen to get into your body. Yeah. It's it's like a remedy that they use down there. So it's it's not anything to be pushed aside. Elevation yeah. is such a serious thing. And like you said, you can't train it for an hour a day. Like mm-hmm. if you really want to master it, you gotta go live it. You have to go do it yeah. every day and get used to it and let your oxygen levels get used to living within that. That means, I mean, it's wild. So I think you would have crushed the All-Stars yeah. uh, one final for sure. But you mentioned wrapping your, your head around the decision to even join All-Stars in the first place. So yeah. what pushed you to come back to the show after all these years? Well, um, good question. See, so I was, we built a big timber frame barn on the other side, on uh, the draw on the kind of the other side of the valley over here. And Abram was working with me. He was helping mm. me build the barn. And wow. he got the call, and I got the call, and I was like, "This might be fun, you know." So we we started yeah. training, and we were sending each other, you know, what was your, you know, what was your three mile time this morning? And it kind of became like a, a competition, you know, mm-hmm. of this and that, our row times and stuff like that. 
And I was like, this will be fun. You know, I'll go over, we'll go over there, have a good time. I was in a point with that job that I could kind of back off of it for just a little bit and they could kind of, you know, had stuff to do while I was gone. And then Abram running on the beach in LA and broke his, popped his right Achilles tendon. So he couldn't go. Uh, so now I'm like, now that. I'm, now oh, you're not there. This is for All Stars 2. This is for All Stars 2, yeah. Mm. All Stars 1, it was kind of to the point that it was, I was kind of in between jobs mm-hmm. a little bit. And I knew I was an alternate on it. So I was kind of, I wasn't really expecting to get cast. Um, but if I did, it wasn't, you know, wasn't the end of the world. And once I found out where it was at, that was a game changer. That's somewhere I've always wanted, you know, glad I got to see. Um, but I don't sit around and wait for, I don't really sit around and wait for the call. It has to be, mm-hmm. it has to work out for me as far as timing goes, because I'm responsible for, you know, my own business and, and the clients I'm working for, plus the people that are working for me, you know, keeping, mm-hmm. keeping their groceries on the table and in the fridge and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very lucky that, you know, Caitlin supports whatever, you know, she is, she's all about it, takes care of anything at home that needs to be done, you know, kind of, kind of while I'm gone. Um, Jennifer? And it was good just to get back out and see, see people. I knew that, I knew that Derek would be there. I knew that Darrell would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ace, the first one, Ace said he was going to mm-hmm. go, <laughs> you know, so I would feel probably a little, I don't know about strange, but it would be different on the flagship show for me now, probably because I don't know. I think all those people really talk a lot. <laughs> they probably. do talk a lot. You would pro- you'd be outside. You'd be like, you know how Abram was on Bloodlines? I feel mm-hmm. like you would have been as far removed. Like, get me out of here. It is a lot. And they're young, so it's a lot of different personalities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coming into All Stars too, did you talk to anybody prior to like, we're gonna have an alliance? I got your back. Um. Well, there's always I, I always feel like that me and Derek, you know, every show we've did since pretty much since the island, there's been like a there's there's a handshake kind of that exists there. That's uh, it's like you know I will do everything within my power, which is this is the way I think a lot should go between people is I'll do everything within my power to watch your back until it comes down to me or you. And then it's like, exactly. Then it's like an expected mm-hmm. thing that it's like, once it gets to that nitty gritty of a point, you do the best you can and you're open with stuff and, you know, um, but I've always had kind of derail. I kind of have a, a good friendship with derail. There's trust there, Derek, there's trust there and going into it with MJ I didn't really know MJ but we kind of we, we became friends pretty quickly and I think that that was you know by the moving into the mid midpoint of the show or something there was definitely a, a handshake there that I I feel like uh wouldn't have been breached but you never know but I those are three guys on the show that I felt like you know, that it would have really had to come down to it before they did anything to purposefully harm me. Did you leave with any new alliances that you didn't expect? MJ. 
Well, I guess yeah. I kind of expected that, you know, because I did speak to him, you know, before the show, and and I figured we would probably hit it off. You know, he's from Knoxville. I'm from North Georgia, North North Georgia, which, you know, I'm probably as a crow flies probably two hours from Knoxville or something like that. You know, beeline, but it's you're kind of in that same Southern Appalachian kind of background. So we had a lot in common. Right. Um, Jody. Me and Jody really hit it off. Um, she's became so really cool. good friends. She's yeah. great. Yeah, she's somebody that I feel like I would love to meet. Like I just think she's like the epitome of like strong old school female player. You know, I want my Anissa and my Jody in my corner. That's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> she is, but she's still Very super different. like she's yeah, confident, different. but she's humble too. Like she's yeah. not. You know. Yeah. yeah, she was great. We hit it off real well. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on there that I hadn't did a show with before that Sophia, me and Sophia became really good because she was a, an alternate on season one. So we got to spend a ton of time together, but Sophia is just cool as frost, man. She is just yeah. easy, even killed, easy going, mm-hmm. you know, and she's a good competitor too. I feel like Sophia was very underrated, you know, on that show. She wasn't scared of nothing and. Mm-hmm. I hate the way everything shut down for her there, you know, yeah, going toward the, toward the end. But yeah, but see, you know, speaking of things shaking down, I mean, you had to make an early exit too because Casey was with child. Yeah. How um, how did you nature, feel? Nature happens, I guess. Uh, you know, it's very. I mean, I, it was. It, here's here's the way that things were, and I wish, in hindsight, I probably would have. Uh, <clears throat> probably would have handled things a tad bit differently but you get put in this spot that it's like everything happens so fast so you don't really see the timeline as much mm-hmm. in that when it's already down but we we went out to dinner and on the bus on the way back home she's like i have something very 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 important that we need to discuss and we'll do it. We'll discuss it in two hours when we get home. And I was like, no, that ain't going to happen. I got, you can't just let me sit on this now for two hours. So we had one of those little iPod touches mm. and she just took the phone and wrote out on it. Uh, I was a pregnant, I was a positive pregnancy test today. And wow. I was like, congratulations, you know, uh, who knows? And I think John A knew, and maybe a girl in her room knew, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if I don't even know if production knew at that point. So you've got that night we go out, and then the next day is nominations. So we had this thing set up, you know, with the alliance situation. We had it locked down pretty tight. Yeah, I mean there wasn't really a lot that that could be done to hurt our feelings on that, you know. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The next day we get up and then production kind of gets clued into the situation a little bit. And, you know, we're set up to where we definitely don't have to go in. And we have nominations and we don't go in. And then when we get to the, when we get to the actual elimination, what was set up in the center. And if you watch your show, you can tell it was the same elimination that, Nehemiah and Latarian and Jasmine and uh, 
Melinda did with all the sand and the puzzles mm-hmm. and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. They had that thing set up with like tarps kind of black got draped over it. And that's when all that stuff went down and happened. And then I was told kind of afterwards that that decision came like right there. Like oh, they got wow. called in at the elimination. Mm-hmm. And I don't think TJ knew. I don't think a lot of the directors knew. Because everything happened so fast, and Casey took another test before the nominations. And the way I'm looking at it is, you know, it happened with Lotarian and Kendall, but at that point in time, we were still having individual eliminations. Right. So when it got time for us, you know, we were in there, and Nehemiah and Lotarian, and they were, or Nehemiah and Tech, I'm sorry, were in there. In order, in order for what happened to to LT to happen to me. They would have had to, in a matter of hours, tear that whole thing down, move probably 1,500 pounds of sand that they had already up Mm -hmm. in these towers, you know. So I think it was just a matter of we don't have the time, we don't have the shoot schedule, you know, cut your losses, quit while you're behind, you know, kind of thing. Um, That being said, I should have, if I had to do over, I would have had my uniform on under my clothes and forced one of them to arm wrestle me or something before I was, you know, that would have been no. Yeah. Did you think yeah, they I had a partner like waiting everything. for you in the wings? Like at one point, I like thought, maybe? I was thinking what would have happened. The obvious thing to me was because it had already happened once, you know, mm-hmm. and it would have been, there would have been a male elimination. There would have been no female elimination. And then I would have gotten whoever lost partner. Right. Yeah. But that being said, we didn't know that that was a team. It was a team elimination. You had to have mm-hmm. two people to compete. Right. You know, and they weren't yeah. going to let her in there to compete. So I kind of feel like that even if I feel like if I would have thrown myself to the wolves and been like, I volunteer to go in, we still wouldn't have been able to compete because she wouldn't have been able to do it. I right. mean, they could have done. I'm, I think COVID makes things harder, too, because you can't rush in. An alternate like mm-hmm. you used to be able to because mm-hmm. um, they still have to quarantine, which I think had it been a different time, you probably could have gotten a different partner. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Yeah. But yeah. I guess we were That's... so pushed, though, at that point, it was like they were definitely pressed as far as yeah. their schedule went, for sure. You know what? You know, what's just so crazy. I just I can't imagine being in your shoes and coming back to the show after all these years and then leaving like that. Do you think it mm-hmm. like leaves this fire inside you? Like if you get the opportunity again, you'll definitely come back because you didn't really get to scratch that itch. Yeah, I mean, and I, I've told uh, I've told Caitlin that, you know, after watching the show, oh, it would just drive me crazy not being there. So if things lined up, you know, um, business is super busy right now you know so it's tough for me to step away for that extended amount of time but yeah it's definitely been on my mind for sure yeah i can't you can't not because it's it sucks too because it's like the the aggravating part of the the challenge is getting to that part getting to the end Mm -hmm. you know and going into elimination and coming back from elimination and you get all the way you weasel your way to the point where the final is about to happen you know, and you get all that behind you, and then it's just like, oh, well, uh, partner's pregnant. That's you know what's funny, too? Because you kind of stole you kind of stole Casey from Tyler in the beginning when you had the opportunity to pick a partner. Um, mm-hmm. 
And obviously you, you believe in working with her. Do you feel like when you did work with her, it was enjoyable and fun? Did you have a good partner connection? I think, I think so. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see, to have seen how a final would have been. That really separates a lot of folks out when you're talking 35 miles over two days or something crazy like that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, and it would have sucked to be, would have sucked to get to that point, to get all the way to the end and, you know, get halfway through the final and eat a bunch of weird dicks and whatever it is they've got on that table <laughs> that you got to eat and then not be able to finish yeah. it because somebody was, you know, folded up or I don't know. Yeah. It looked like a pretty hard final. You know, we didn't know that really, mm-hmm. really going into it. But it's just weird as you're, it's like we're not 22 years old and you're, you know, it's like at the point when at my age now, what ego I ever did have is out the window for sure. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. you're not like, you're not showing up all cock strong and like, ah, your chest bowed out. And like mm-hmm. when we were super young on those shows, you know, mm-hmm. and all these people are older with, a lot of them with families and kids. So when you've got Casey there, it's like having this moment that she's super excited and it's a, it's a life changing time and she's crying and she's like, guys, I'm pregnant. What are you going to say? No. Why are you pregnant? You know, like, yeah. you, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to kind of be like, congratulations, you know, congratulations. This is going to be awesome. You're got, you're making another human currently inside your body, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> I, w- I was a very angry, but you can't, I'm not going to be like, my, yeah. my challenge experience is bigger than her birth and a person to the world. Yeah. I give you, you know? a lot of credit for that because I do feel like people can still get lost in the sauce, even if they do step back and reflect when it's all said and done. But yeah. it's a hard pill to swallow while you're there because you know it has nothing to do with you. It's not your, it's not your joy to celebrate. You're, you can celebrate for her, but it's still not yours. So you do get you know yeah. the shit end of the scene yeah. with that one. Um, but I just want to tie back to one more thing. You you did say something about weaseling your way to the end. Not that I find you to be a weasel, but I do think that that is a strategic move in the game that people that people go off of. And so my question yeah. for you is, what move, whether it be physical or strategic? are you most proud of making on this season of All-Stars 2? I'll say this. Anybody that, that does these shows that says they're not weaseling their way to the end, <laughs> it's full of shit. They like, that's weasel. the whole yeah. premise of the show is to weasel your way to the end. Nobody, yeah. When they say, oh, we're going to have a, an elimination, it's not like everybody's raising their hand. Like, right. I, no. I got it. I'll take this. I'll go in. No, mm-hmm. they're weaseling. They're looking down. They're like, mm. yeah. yeah. You yeah. act like, yeah, I'll totally go in. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, after the person one. votes themselves in, you're like, I totally would have done that. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, uh, I think I just ended up being in a really good place as far the way the room situation kind of worked out. Um, and I think that we had kind of had Derek on the other end of the house over there. Well, Derek was, Derek was in a, another strong room with Brad and Tyler. So you kind of had ears in that room, you know, to some degree. And then once it worked out to where I pulled Casey in as a vote and a partner, then you had ears, you know, kind of upstairs. So mm-hmm. but we kind of had feelers throughout the whole house a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, 
as everybody getting together and being on the same page as far as me and MJ and Darrell and Derek and then Brad, come, you know, kind of came in. Um, I think people sticking to their guns. And I think it was a group that when a handshake got made and like you look somebody in the eye and was like, look, this is what's going to happen. I think that there was enough integrity amongst that group that we mm -hmm. had put together that everybody felt comfortable with it. And even, you know, there was votes made like Brad and Nehemiah and Darrell and, you know, Nehemiah, whatever, that they really did not want to do. But I think that the integrity of the alliance that we had meant more, meant more than that. And I think that that even resounded and was known on the other side of the fence of the people that were actually going in, like they're sticking together like glue over there. You know, right, like this yeah. thing is definitely a problem now. It made for a great show. It really did. Like, it really did. You guys both stood your ground on your sides. I was a huge fan of the King's Palace, but it's really, it was really great to see everybody like find their find their people, stick with it, and ride it out because that is the name of the game. Like you need you need numbers, and if not, you don't you don't get to weasel. You gotta fight yeah. yourself. You gotta fight your way to the yeah. end. And even you don't have the numbers. You're just fighting. There's glory <laughs> the in that, but it's painful and it's not fun, and it's yeah. it makes the experience a lot harder. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think and that it's 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 good. It's something to be proud of. As far as the, it's like our our alliance. I I feel like it was there and it was existing way before any of this King's Palace stuff. That that was a very vocal alliance. That was yes. a very like, you know, you know, it's 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 almost like they had a publicist for the thing or something like that in a house. It was like they wanted it to be known that that was kind of the thing. But ours had kind of been kind of sitting in the background making moves from the background i think kind of before anybody else was really aware that that's what was happening you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which, which is, is kind of the way i want to be <laughs> that i i think i like king's palace so much because i i'm not and i mean this in the best way i'm not brave enough to kind of stick my chest out there and be like this is who i'm riding with because you you have to play this game of like, i mean I mean, I kind of am sometimes when my, my back is pushed against the wall, but I like to kind of float through because you don't know when, you know, if, if the power shifts and the power always shifts, you don't want shots taken at your side if you've been saying this is who I'm riding for. So I respected the way they moved mm -hmm. because it was like, damn, that took balls. It took balls. And for you guys to also, like you said, like stick to your guns and have each other's back, that, that took balls too. So it was it was a really great season. I really, really enjoyed watching it. And um Anissa, I feel like I feel like I wish it would have the only way it would have been better is if I could have seen you there. You know, I really liked all the people there. And I even though I'm happy that I was a part of the first one and it was a little more docile and relaxed. Um with the exception of a few things. And we had a nice little river in the back and we had our water shoes and we collected rocks and shit and the boys went fishing. Um, and we had a house cat. Besides that, I really do miss a lot of the people. I mean, it would have been nice to see Janelle and Tina and John, like to, well, I've seen John A, but like, and to see you, Kahada, and I love MJ, to see my boys I haven't seen in a long time. It really would have been nice to have been a part of it, but I had a shoulder injury in school and certain things, you know, yeah. Life happens, man. Life yeah, happens. it really does. And we're not getting and, any younger, and I, my bones, you know, they're fragile. I'll say this. <laughs> at, at, so, also, as far as the the rapid exit, the rapid exodus of Kahuta from the show, um, 
if you've got these two scenarios playing out and you have this alliance that is just slowly getting just picked apart mm-hmm. and there's two situations that can happen, you know, and Tech and Ayana and Nehemiah and Melinda go in to an elimination, you know, the numbers was already super stacked against them. But no matter how that shakes down, that alliance is losing two more people. Right. right. So by making the move that they made, they got to keep four people mm-hmm. from the King's Palace Alliance and then lose two people from our alliance. So right. kind of like a bit of a no-brainer on the storyline side of it because yeah. you're even in everything back out again, you know, mm-hmm. right. pretty much. Also a tough pill to swallow because I don't give a shit about evening things back out. I just didn't want to leave. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, but also, like you said, it would have been horrible to go to the final, have to eat a dick taco and then go home because, yeah. you know, your partner ended up being pregnant or couldn't go the distance, you know, for exactly. So mm-hmm. maybe yeah. it was it was written the way it was written. So you didn't have to eat that. You know, maybe it was. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know. I mean, it, I'm kind of over it now, but it was it was very hard when when everything happened so fast, you know, and you've got all these emotions and you're trying to be, you know, keep some degree of chivalry amongst yourself and respect to this girl that's your partner. And and mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're just furious kind of on the inside, like, mm, you yeah. know, but it is what it is. I had a great time, you know. Yeah. Would friends, you go back if they want you to? I would, I think I would as long as uh, the, my obligations and stuff are, you know, taken care of. I hate to leave Caitlin here in the winter because it's just a lot to deal with here, if, you know, by yourself in the winter, which she would, you know, she would be super supported. No, I'm more well, worried they'll the... come home to 20 different cats. If you leave her <laughs> oh, God, and go on the show, there's going to be so many more bodies in your place. She would have a, be a the, legit the tiger cat. in there if I let her, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think it, it's safe to say that people would love to see you back because we would love to see you, you know, have a second chance and not have it end mm-hmm. like that. You know, everyone was yeah. happy for Casey, but everyone would bump for Kaheda, and that's just the way yeah. That's just the way it rolled out. Um, we do have one last question for you because, you know, even though you – even though we watch a show and it's very intense, there's always like some great moments on the show that are unseen, whether it be personal or something that happens to the group. And I just want to know from being there, what was like the funniest thing or your favorite moment from this season that didn't make air? Oh, the, the MJ old man mask. Yeah. Did that, did that make it? I don't I think, think that made it. No. Oh man. He had this mask. And he looked just like he put it. He would put it on, and it looked just like a uh, sloth off the Goonies, the baby roof. <laughs> and we get the way the rooms were set up. We had it to where we took one of the closets and took all the clothes out of it, and MJ could get in there, and then I could shut the doors, and we would get somebody to come in the room, and like we oh. had some serious shit to talk about, and they would sit down on the bed, and I'd be like hang on a minute, let me go upstairs and get Nehemiah. He needs to be on this. And just leave him alone in the room. And then after about three or four minutes, MJ would just bust out of the closet. And just, I'm talking like Freddy Krueger looking, just crazy, creepy. He he brought the mask with him? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, the guys always did the best pranks back in the day. That is one thing I, I, I hated. But I do miss is that 
Though you guys, some of you guys are assholes. You come up with some really clever, besides taking our toilet seats, really clever <laughs> pranks. Yeah. That was funny, I will say. And I'm not somebody that, uh, to, for me, to like audibly laugh, like so yeah. you can hear it. You know, it takes something <laughs> really corny or something that's super clever funny. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that damn mask, man, it, did it, it. would scare <laughs> the shit out of people. Yes. <laughs> terrifying to death that's amazing but wow. it was great well i'm so happy that you had such an excellent answer for that question because that's you know <laughs> I, w- I wish that we were able to see that like I- i'm jealous that you got to to see that but all stars 2 was a pleasure to watch kahuta it was an experience to have you on the show it was epic watching you this season we Thank really you. hope Thank to see you. you back in the future and where can we follow you on instagram how can we support you um i have a grocery gofundme yeah. Drop, just yeah. for caramello bars and fruit loops and you know yeah. peanut m ms and stuff like that yeah um, said kahuta peanut m ms everybody my instagram is at kahuta lee um if you want to see what we build and kind of our hobbies out here i have an instagram that's kahuta lee builders um and that's pretty much all i do. the facebook thing is just very hard for me because everybody's an expert on something on facebook and it just drives yeah. me it drives me nuts, and I want to be more vocal than I should be, so I just like opt out of that altogether. I get um, yeah, we hear you. I have this new iPhone that just takes incredible photographs, so I cannot give up the Instagram. It's just too yeah, much you got to do it. You got to post. Yeah, it. it's okay. Yeah. I get it. That thirteen does something. The Pro Max, yeah. whatever. I know. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day, your lunch break. I hope you got to eat. And now he's gonna get back out there to cold. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yep. 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 Lisa, it's always a pleasure. Tori. Yes, it's great. Heard seeing a lot of, you. Heard a lot of great things about you. It's nice to finally put a face thank to you. a name kind of deal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you as well, Kahana. It's it's seriously been a pleasure. It's it's been surreal right. meeting so many cool people from All Stars, and I'm really happy that you're one of the ones that we got to get on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Kahuta, go back out there to lambing and shit. All right. See you guys. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Well, Kahuta is seriously a joy. His voice is soothing. And you said, like, you brought this up, Anissa, that he should probably be narrating bedtime stories, and I don't disagree. I think he should, or just, like, 
daily shit with Kahata. Yeah. Just telling you what he did at the grocery store or the idiot in front of him driving too slow. Yeah. Or, you know, how he just went up and hunting a buffalo. I just think he is, he's great. And yeah. he, you need to meet him in person because it's even better. So I can't wait. Thank you, Kahata, for sharing your lunch break. With yes, us. absolutely. And it's, as always, Anissa, it's been a pleasure to host another podcast with you. Where can we follow you on social media? On the Schmeeds, you can find me on Instagram at Anissa MTV. That's A N E E S A M T V. Tori, where can we find you, follow you, and support you? Thank you. You guys can follow me at Tori underscore deal on Instagram. And the most important thing for us right now is if you liked this episode, please rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That means the world to us. Yes, and we will see you back here next Friday for an all-new episode of MTV's official Challenge Podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.